You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and this is episode 53. All links and show notes can be found by going to lifecoachingforparents.com slash 53. Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, Master Certified Life Coach, Teacher, and Recovering Supermom, Tori Henderson. Hello, Supermoms. Happy New Year. When can we stop saying Happy New Year? It still feels like a Happy New Year. I'm doing amazing. I'm super excited to tell you about something and to go over today's podcast, Today, we're going to be answering the question, what to do when your kids won't go to sleep at night? They're staying up too late. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about a workshop that I'm offering on February 1st. So save the date, put on your calendar. It's a Saturday and I'm offering an online workshop on a Saturday for you super moms. If you find yourself, (laughs) this sounds like you doing all the work. If you ever look around and think, okay, there's a house to clean, there's homework to get done, there's driving, carpooling, bringing snacks, packing lunches, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, like picking up, just brushing teeth, bathing. Like there's so many responsibilities when you're a mom and they all seem to fall on our shoulders. If it seems like you have an inordinate amount of things to do on your plate and you're feeling burdened and overwhelmed by all the stuff and you're looking at your kids and you're thinking they're capable of more than they're doing, like maybe they're getting a little bit older and they could be in charge of emptying the dishwasher, loading the dishwasher doing the pots and pans. Maybe they could take over responsibility for their homework. (laughs) Uh, You know, whether it's like teaching them to read or filling out college applications, a lot of this feels like it's mom's responsibility. And so we start thinking, wait a second, shouldn't they be pitching in and helping out? Or shouldn't they be just taking over responsibility? And why aren't they? And if this sounds like you, then this workshop is for you. Because one of the things that moms complain about the most is the reminding, nagging, asking kids to do something over and over and over again, repeating yourself. That's like a big energy drain. And so when super mom is getting tired, one of the reasons she might be tired is we want to nip it in the butt and we want to figure out how do we delegate to kids in a way that actually makes them do it, do the work, actually helps them like take responsibility and take over some of these tasks. And it feels sort of magical. Some people seem to have the ability to do that. But I will teach you this magical skill in this three-hour workshop so that by the end of the workshop, you will take away a plan that you are 100% confident will happen. Okay, because that's the problem. It's like we want our kids to take over, but we don't really believe that they're going to because we haven't had evidence to prove that. And so I'm going to teach you all the things that get in our way when we're trying to delegate to kids and hand over responsibilities. And there's like some really common ones that so many moms share. So we're going to tackle those in this workshop. You're going to bring a journal. There's going to be time where you will 
pause, everyone will go quiet and you'll do your work in the journal and you'll get really clear and specific on what it is you want your kids to take over. And we're going to move the obstacles out of your way so that it is a clear path so that you can stop taking on so much responsibility and start trusting your kids to rise to the occasion. It is easier said than done. But it's so worth the effort, right? We want to raise these responsible kids into responsible adults. And so we've got to start baby steps. So it doesn't really matter to me how old your kids are. It's really just learning this meta skill of how do I delegate to my kids in a way that makes them actually rise to the occasion. And three hours is a long time to be at the computer. And so what I decided I wanted to, I thought I would do is like, if I'm going to be staring at my computer for three hours, I want to look at a beautiful view. So I decided I'm going to host the workshop from Hawaii. So y'all can see me in Hawaii and pretend like we're all there together. I'm super excited to get to do that. And it's long enough of a workshop where you're going to have to get a babysitter. And you're going to have to get somebody else to watch your kids. And you can go for a walk. You can go to Starbucks or sit in a library or something and do the workshop there. You just need to have a journal handy and prepare to walk away with a plan of action with 100% confidence that it will happen and the ability to then duplicate that in another area and another area and with another child so that soon... Everybody is taking over more and more responsibilities so that you have less on your shoulders and more free time. All right, so that's coming up on February 1st. Now let's get to today's question from Andrea. She writes, Dear Tori, I am wondering what type of consequences to set for my 10-year-old daughter. She shares a room with her 12-year-old sister. I am having the toughest time with them falling asleep at night. From the moment my husband and I kiss them goodnight, It is almost an hour and a half before they are asleep. The repetitive getting out of bed and coming to us with all sorts of things. I'm scared about a show I saw or a snake under my bed or whatever. They have twin beds that will try to get into each other's beds to help calm each other down. But rarely this works. My girls are thinkers. And thus, when they lie down, both of them are ruminating about the day. I'm getting to bed too late and unable to have downtime. This frustrates both myself and my husband. I struggle as to either take things away. What would those be? I don't want to take away playdates as those are important. Or reward her like a marble jar or no. I like to intrinsically motivate my children, but this is affecting the whole family and I'm unsure what to do. I asked Andrea what she has tried that worked or didn't work. And she told me what consequences her kids currently valued. She also added, the 10-year-old wants to use my 12-year-old as a coping mechanism to help her fall asleep. My 12-year-old, being the compassionate, nurturing person she is, will go and lie with her. And then they start bickering about the stuffed animals in the bed, et cetera, et cetera. So my parent education answer for how to get to kids to fall asleep at night is you want to take a look at what you have control over and what you don't have control over. You cannot make your children sleep. You cannot stop them talking, climbing into each other's beds, or coming to find you. You cannot turn off their brains for them or make them feel tired and peaceful. But wouldn't it be nice if we could do that? (laughs) Oh, if kids had an off switch, that would just solve so many problems. 
You can control what you do when they come to your bedroom asking for water, attention, etc. You can help them create an environment that is conducive to rest and relaxation. You can help them solve their problem of having this busy, overstimulated brain. And the problem of having a sister who might be sacrificing her sleep to try and help her younger sister. This question is such a classic question from a super mom. So I define a super mom as someone who is very involved with their kids, loves mothering, and tries really hard to do everything right. We tend to think that every problem our kids have is ours to solve. It's just like this thing. We look around, we're like, there's a problem. There's the house is messy. There's a problem. The kids aren't doing their homework. There's a problem. My daughters are staying up too late. Must be mine. It must be something I have to do to fix. If you find yourself banging your head against the wall, unable to affect the change that you want, chances are it's because you're trying to solve something that's not yours to solve. If you're getting frustrated, it might be because it's not your problem. We live in an anxious, overstimulating culture. Visual and auditory information is coming at us at all hours of the day without enough physical movement to process, purge, and rest in the nonverbal, creative parts of our brains. Generalized anxiety is highest in rich countries like the U.S., Australia, and New Zealand. You could solve the problem of living in a country with high anxiety by moving your family to a poorer country with lower levels of anxiety. Yeah, people are relaxed, there's less mental stimulation, maybe there's a lot more nature, and you can just watch your daughters drift peacefully off to sleep at the end of a day. That is within your control, but if that's not on your bucket list for 2020, then let's talk about what else you have control over. You could help your daughters create an environment that is more conducive to rest and relaxation. For example, No media input an hour before bed. No TV, phones, that kind of thing. Maybe there could be time for the girls to sit, talk, and process the day with each other. Like, could they go to bed a little bit earlier so that they have more time to mentally purge? Could they do yoga stretches together to get some out of their heads and prepares their brains for sleep? Could they meditate together or listen to a guided visualization designed to help prepare the brain for sleep? When it's time for them both to sleep, it sounds like having something for their brains to think about would be helpful. Because you mentioned your girls are thinkers, you might try a bedtime story podcast. There's one called Be Calm on Away Island or a podcast called Stories. So listening to things like podcasts and audiobooks, that doesn't count as screen times because the different part of the brain, the listening activates the areas of the brain that are good for them, not so bad for them. So the idea of all this is to address the core issue of your daughter's busy brains at bedtime rather than seeing it as a discipline issue that requires consequences and to empower them to experiment and figure out what works for them and what doesn't, because that's something they can take with them, you know, when they move out of the house and off to college, like not being able to fall asleep at night, that's going to be a problem they're going to have for the rest of their lives, probably. 
So you can help them making sure they get enough exercise during the day or like I said, doing some calming yoga stretches before bed because you want to do physical activities to get out of the brain, but then maybe also giving their brain something to think about at night can be helpful. You might consider giving your 12-year-old permission to ignore her sister. Like maybe she could wear noise-canceling earphones or headset and read a book in her bed. She's trying to be kind, you know, to her sister, which is so lovely, but her helping isn't really helping, right? It's just not working. So it's teaching the 10-year-old to look to somebody else to solve her problems instead of learning that she has the ability to calm herself down. So just like mommy thinks that this might be her problem to solve, older sister might be thinking this is the, the same thing, that this is her problem to solve. So what else do you have control over? Well, you get to decide what time you go to bed and how to handle it when they get up and come to you. You can model for your 12-year-old what it looks like to ignore the 10-year-old, <laughs> not in a mean way, but just in a way that makes it really boring and unrewarding for her to get up and come to you. And this is true for any age kids. If your kids are little and they're still getting up after you put them to bed, if, if they're getting up and coming to find you, the trick is to be non-reactive. So if you want to discourage that behavior of them getting up after you put them to bed, you don't want to be overly kind and affectionate, but you also don't want to be overly annoyed and exasperated. Because if getting up to see mom is exciting, they're going to keep doing it. But if it's as boring as staying in bed, they're going to lose motivation pretty quickly. If your daughter comes to you and finds your door locked, you taking a shower, reading a book, sleeping even, it's going to naturally steer her away from getting up out of bed. I know we're so used to like thinking that we have to put our kids to bed before we can go to bed. But at 10 and 12, <laughs> you might find that you need to go to bed before they are ready. So notice that that's just a change in transition that normally happens. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Tell me, for those of you who have teenagers, when did you start going to bed before your kids? I think it can happen, you know, coming up around the corner there from, from 10 and 12 year olds. If you say that you prefer your children to be intrinsically motivated, this is how you can help create it, is to just be really boring and non-responsive if she gets up and comes to your room at night. So the life coaching answer, or what gets in our way from implementing this and letting them solve it, giving them suggestions and ideas, but helping them kind of figure out how they're going to put themselves to bed and how they're going to put themselves to sleep at night. What gets in our way of that? end of the day fatigue and the feeling of losing control, okay? Because at the end of the day, we are tired. All we can think about is, when am I done? When do I get to clock out? <laughs> we want to have nice quality time with our precious ones, give love and cuddles, and then pay attention to ourselves for the first time in 23 hours. It is really hard to implement these strategies at this time of day. Under stress, we regress. Most of us default to either overly authoritative or overly permissive. So when Andrea is tired, her default might be, sounds like it's to look to consequences of what can I take away, which is another way of saying, I want there to be an action I can take to feel in control. Like I want to do something. 
Because if we think there's nothing I can do, it's their problem and I have no control over it, that does not feel good. (laughs) That feels yucky. We think I just need to get them to go to sleep so that my husband and I can relax. And we get hyper-focused on solving that problem because it's like, at least there's something I can do or it feels like it. There's an action step I can take. So it makes us feel like we have some control over the situation. But we're putting our ability to feel relaxed and enjoy the evening in the hands of our ruminating, chatty children. So this doesn't work very well. We want to feel peaceful, relaxed, and we feel like we're giving our power to feel that way into their hands. So anytime we try to control something, like their sleep, that we don't have control over, we're going to get frustrated. So instead of trying to control something that you don't have control over, focus on the things you do have control over. What time you go to bed, how you feel, how you respond to their problem. Whenever a mom is wanting to change up a bedtime routine, I suggest practicing it early in the day. I like to make a game out of it. So like you can walk through this, and this is at any age, 12-year-olds, 2-year-olds, doesn't matter, but walk through the steps of the new bedtime routine before everybody is exhausted. So you can take pictures of the kids, like showing them like in their beds, brushing their teeth, getting their jammies on. Maybe you can take a picture of them like doing yoga or meditating or whatever the solution is that they came up with they want to try putting on noise-canceling headsets or, you know, running around the house, walking around the block maybe before they go to bed at night. Uh, When nighttime comes, then all you have to do is remind them of the new routine that they practiced in the daytime. And when they practiced it, they did it for fun. They took pictures. They have their reminders of what goes when. They could make a chart for themselves if they wanted to. They can create challenges if they wanted to. They can make it a contest of how long to take you to fall asleep. And if you have those watches that you wear, you know, that tells you like how much sleep you're getting, like that could be a fun little challenge the two of them could have together. But whatever they decide to come up with, it's their idea. They have a positive association with it because they practice it in the daytime. And you get to go to sleep whenever you're tired or have your downtime whenever you're tired and manage their them getting up out of bed and showing them like when you get up, there's not going to be any reward. There's not going to be my attention. I'm going to be really, really boring. As boring as sleep is to get you to encourage, to, encourage you to stay in bed. Today's super mom kryptonite is, well, thinking every problem is ours to solve. It is so easy to get stuck in the habit of fixing our kids' problems. When they were younger, it seemed like everything fell on our shoulders. This is too much weight for one person to carry, especially since problems will increase as life becomes more complex. Did you mommies know that? (laughs) when your kids enter adolescence, their problems will increase. So if you are stuck in the habit of thinking you have to solve everything, you're going to be exhausted. You might notice that moms start to lose their status as the one and only queen of the world, she who must be obeyed. So when kids are young, preschool age, and even like five, six, seven, eight, we really are the center of their worlds. Like they just want to be with us all the time. They adore us. 
But as they go into puberty, 10, 11, 12, they start to give more credence to teachers, babysitters, coaches, YouTubers, and often dad's status gets elevated over mom's. You could give your daughter the exact same advice that her gymnastics coach gives her, but your words fall on deaf ears while this young, pretty teenager (laughs) who coaches your daughter's gymnastics, oh, well, if she says it, then it must be true. So there's just kind of a natural thing that starts to happen where kids start looking outside of their home for other adults, other kids their age or slightly older, and they really are eager for their support, encouragement, and opinions. So trying to maintain that kind of mother-knows-all status, well, it can drain your energy when developmentally your kids might be more interested in guidance from peers, older teenagers, young adults, or even just relatives who aren't so involved in their daily lives. Like they might want to, they might be more willing to hear from grandma or an aunt than they are from mom. They just are ready to expand that little circle of trust. So in Andrea's case, she can encourage her daughters to solve their own problems by maybe asking an older cousin or a babysitter for suggestions. Maybe they could start polling. Actually, be kind of interesting to like poll the people in the family because I'm sure a lot of adults and have trouble sleeping and ask them like, do you ever trouble sleeping at night? How do you go to bed at night? So any kind of delegating to an external resource like a person or like an app (laughs) or a podcast designed for tweens can feel like they're solving their own problems and expanding their resourcefulness. There are many apps out there, Calm, Insight Timer, Simple Habit, Headspace. They have bedtime stories, progressive relaxation, or other auditory ways that can facilitate sleep. So the goal is to cultivate your children's resourcefulness and show them that many people can help them accomplish their goal. Today's Super Mom Power Boost is to delegate. You want to know how to get your kids to eat broccoli? Well, so did social scientists. And they discovered one of the most effective ways is to sit your child down at a table and have them watch an older teenager of the same gender sit across from them and happily devour a bowl of broccoli. No talking, no, hey, you want to try a bite? Hey, do you want some of this? Hey, how much? No questions, no talking at all. Just a teenager happily eating broccoli provides the role model for your kids to maybe try it themselves. You can use this natural tendency kids have to listen to outsiders to your advantage. So in this case, I'm not talking about delegating chores and stuff to your kids, which I'm going to be talking about at the workshop on February 1st. But I'm talking about emailing your pediatrician before an appointment and asking her to mention the importance of vitamins or sunscreen or exercise or whatever you were tired of nagging them about. You could email your child's teacher or their coach asking him to please praise your son for making mistakes and trying new things because you're working on developing a growth mindset for him. You can ask a friend of yours to compliment your child on her new haircut if she's feeling insecure. You can find a YouTuber or an influencer who preaches self-love and care or whatever it is you want, the lessons that you want your child to adopt. You can ask your 
niece to come over and help your daughter organize her bedroom. You can have an uncle that you trust talk to your son about safe sex and respecting women. You do not have to be all things to your children. Utilize your village and expand your child's circle of trust. This encourages independence, resourcefulness, and a feeling of safety as your child grows into adulthood. It also frees up your time and energy, Mama, helping you feel supported by your village. Today's quote of the day, embrace it, especially because of the lives we live. A lot of times, other people have to care for our kids and you have to have that mommy time. Get your sleep. Jennifer Hudson. Thank you so much for listening. I hope to see you all at this workshop in February 1st. Aloha. Super mamas. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.